Welcome to Season 2 of the Bow and Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Reed. Here we're talking the buzz on all things Bowen therapy. For therapists, clients, educators or anyone interested in the soft tissue industry. The show where we get to meet interesting Bowen practitioners, trainers and where we also hear from experts sharing their secrets to assist us to grow in our businesses and grow in our lives. Welcome to episode 27 of the Bowen Buzz. Today we get to meet Georgie Ilyashev from Bulgaria. Georgie has been a physiotherapist, a chiropractor, and is now also a Bowen therapist and Bowen instructor. Georgie comes from Sofia in Bulgaria. Welcome, Georgie. Thank you. Hello, Chris. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be invited to speak for this podcast. That's great to have you on the Bowen Buzz. I mean, many people will have heard of you, Georgie, or perhaps have even met you as you travel the world. But I thought it would be a great opportunity to have a, just a bit of an in-depth conversation with you about uh, bone therapy in general and certainly your, your work you're doing in bone therapy in Bulgaria and, uh, and uh, spreading the news around the world. So, but first of all, can we, um, can we find out uh, a little bit about how you came to, uh, come, come to bone therapy? Because your background is physiotherapy, is that correct? Correct. Well, I graduated the physiotherapy department in 2001, and ever since then, I was interested in treating musculoskeletal disorders. So pretty much everything was muscles and bones and joints. <laughs> but I come up uh, to the bowing technique in 2010, while I was uh, looking for some videos on YouTube for superficial fascia. So some bowing uh, videos came up, but I ignore them on first place. They keep coming again and again. So I watched a couple and then got intrigued from what I saw and started uh, searching in the internet for more information. And that's how I found Bowen, okay, which so completely you... changed my practice and not only my practice, but my life. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how it does that. You gotta be careful, don't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So you were, you were working as a physiotherapist at the time and just trying to find out more information about the, what, the, the, uh, the new information on fascia? Correct. Yeah, I was more and more interested on, on fascia and different uh, fascial techniques. So this is the reason that I went on internet looking for more materials and that's how I found Bowen. Okay, so you found Bowen and then you found there was a, was there a, a course being taught in Bulgaria? Uh, no, actually, I found uh, an email of a Botech instructor, and I sent him an email requesting information. And he was uh, he was quite nice to to answer in in details to all my questions, and uh, he invited me to participate in a bowing class because there was no bowing classes in Bulgaria at that time. So I went to a neighbor country. I went to Romania to meet Andrew Zopos and uh, do my bowing education with him. That and was what, the nearest country. Right. And what did you think when you were sitting in the first day of the Bowen course? What did you think? Oh, it was quite different. Quite different from everything else that uh, I have seen. I was very skeptical and I well remember that on day two, I was ready to pack up and leave. Because I said to myself, oh, this is nonsense. These things just <laughs> simply doesn't happen. It's not in the manual books, in the, in the medical books. 
I have been working in a national orthopedic hospital for more than five years, and they were talking about scoliosis uh, patients who straightened their spines and grew up with seven centimeters for a year and a half. And I said, this is ridiculous. So it was very, very difficult for me to believe it. So it was but almost then, too, too, too good to believe, was it? Yeah, it was too good to believe. But I well remember Andrew smiling and saying, okay, just go back to your country. Make sure you practice what you've learned. I'll see you in three months. He knew that I'm going back. I didn't. <laughs> and when I started um, my Bowen practice, I just can't... Um, it's, it, it's difficult for, for people to, to look at themselves from, from a side. So I only know that my first Bowen steps were very, very... Um, difficult because there was no one in my country to whom I could refer and uh, I remember that I had struggles but only after a month or two the results that I was achieving made me feel more confident and I was uh, eager to go back to Romania to run my second uh, workshop okay so you went back to Romania and you, so you did continue and Andrew just nodded and said I knew you'd be back did he yeah, I continued. I graduated <laughs> all the modules with him. And then later we started running classes in Sofia in my country. Great. And that's how Bowen started in Bulgaria. Okay. So um, so once you went back and you say so you, you qualified, you finished your, I suppose, what you call the, the basic work uh, with the Bowen, and you were incorporating that into your physiotherapy practice? No, I had to do Bowen on its own. I was told, don't mix it with anything else. Just stick to it and uh, do pure Bowen. That's what I did. And it was very, very strange for my patients because they were used to different type of work. I was doing chiropractic work. I was doing other manual modalities, soft, soft tissue techniques. I was doing kinesiotaping, things like that. And at some point, I just told them, well, today I'm not going to do any chiropractic work on you. I'm going to do something new, something different. And I well remember how they were looking at me afterwards. because It was so strange, so bizarre. But uh, the results speak for, it, for themselves. Yeah, they certainly do. So you've continued to, um, to grow uh, your bone practice uh, in, in Sofia? Yeah. Only about a year later. Uh, my practice was fully booked like weeks ahead. I was treating more than 100 patients per week and I only work four to five days per week. Right. So on average, I would have like 15 to 20 people per day, which was pretty good. I was happy. I was having a thriving practice. And with time, I was sticking to Bowen more and more. Like nowadays, like 90% of my patients I treat with Bowen only. I, I do chiropractic work less and less nowadays. Okay. And, and what do your colleagues, your other, uh, say, other physiotherapists or other colleagues uh, think of your, your bone work in Bulgaria? Well, the news spread fast. So many colleagues and friends of mine, they, they decided to, to start their own uh, education. So they signed up for, for courses. They graduated... Uh, about the curriculum, and now they're practicing Bowen as well. So it's getting more and more popular in my country. And I nowadays, like I'm an instructor now, 
I have uh, physios and doctors in my in my classes more and more. The interest is rising. Right. And is that interesting to have a say a doctor or a physiotherapist try to get their head around what you're saying? Why yeah, you know, that this you do this simple work and you can have a profound effect? Is that are they very questioning or skeptical like you were in the first place? Of course. It's normal. Yeah. Uh, during the first seminars they're very skeptical because it's so strange. But at the same time the more time passes and the more they practice, they see the results. This makes them uh convinced that this is actually working but again i'm trying to explain the the ball and work from within i'm trying to give the scientific basis behind it i'm trying to explain to my students what is happening under the skin when we do a bow and move so it may look very simple but actually it's a very complex technique and it's it's really a miraculous technique there's so much behind it that we still don't know so that's 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 really interesting. So what what in in a if you can sum it up somehow, I know it's a very difficult thing to do, but when you're talking to your students uh, and and perhaps whether it be a physiotherapist or someone who's never done any body work, trying to explain, uh, you know, the the thing that impressed you about Bowen in the first place to sort of steer you away from your traditional physiotherapy techniques, the main things that make Bowen different or the main things that make it work, although it seems so simple, have you got? Can you sort of share with us? Well, probably the first thing that most impressed me was the simplicity and how light moves like this can create such a such a big uh, positive uh, um, treatment result. Yeah. And also the breaks, because all the manual, the soft tissue techniques that I was aware of, they didn't have these breaks. So having a break throughout the session. Um, was quite new to me and also to my patients. But also the breaks allow you to treat more than one patient per hour. Uh So this completely changed the style of my practice. Right. And and does this answer your question? Because I'm not quite certain. No, it does. That's good. So why why do we have the breaks? What's your your impression there? Why, Why do we put the breaks? Well, ideally, we do need to, to give our body time to process the work because the healing process actually happens during the breaks, not uh, when we do our bow and moves. And I remember a colleague of mine, we graduated the physiotherapy department together years ago, and it was about 2007, I believe, when he said to me, you know, I noticed when, if I put breaks in my physiotherapy sessions, the results are getting better. So this is three years before I started my, before I met Bowen. Right. And I said to him, well, all right. Sounds bizarre and completely unnecessary to me. But then Bowen proved me wrong. Right. We do need the breaks. However, the breaks should be negotiable. They should be where needed and should last as much as needed. Right. So, so that, that, not sticking sticking strictly to bang on two minutes. You've got to get in there and make the next move. It may take longer no, for that integration. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You should uh, observe the patient and then determine how long the break should be. Sometimes two minutes are fine enough, but sometimes we may need four or five minutes or, or longer. Depends. Yeah. yeah. And also different patients, depending on the patient, the body, and depending on the amount of work that we are providing and the type of work we are providing, then we should uh, 
uh, estimate when do we need the break. So affecting different types of tissue with different types of moves might influence the, the, the amount of yeah, time. Sometimes you just need to stay in that area again and again and repeat the move and maybe do it third time even just because you are interested in that particular area or that particular structure that you have found is like a, the primary dysfunction area. Yep. So you need to stay there until you, you get that area right. You don't want to, to go to another area if this one is not ready. Okay, okay. So using that, so perhaps retesting, palpating, uh, and, and just checking to see whether what you're doing is being effective during the treatment. Well, Tom Bowen used to, to have great palpation skills. Yeah. And he, he would say that he would feel the nerves and the vibrations of the nerves throughout his fingers, which is amazing. So yes, a good bone practitioner, a good bone therapist should assess the body initially, and that assessment uh, involves palpation as well. So at the moment we place our fingers on the body, we should start feeling what's happening underneath. When we take the slag, we already have a feeling of the quality of the of the skin slag and also of the tension in the tissues underneath. And when we sink in to do a challenge, then we get a much clearer idea what is happening with the tissues. And if we have a hypotonus, if the tissues are, are stiff, then we need a prolonged challenge. We need to, to hold for longer, to stay there until we feel that the muscle is, is loosening up, the muscle is allowing us to roll over. So, so don't, that, don't rush it. Don't okay. wait like one, two, three, go. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> one, two, three, for maybe that, one, two. For that melting, sort of that melting sensation we talk about. That's something that Correct. we learn. But, we but learn. again, it all depends what we want to achieve. If, if you mm. want to, to relax the muscle, if you want to, to diminish the tonus, then we need to wait. But sometimes uh, we want to activate it. It all depends on our needs. Because many people think that bowing is for relaxation when it's not. Bowing is for balance. And balance involves relaxation, relaxation, but may also involve activation. So it's all up to what we want to achieve. So depending on what that tissue Basically, needs. Basically, with other words, is yep. uh, adapt your moves. Adapt your moves according to the client's need. Excellent. Very good. Well, that's a. We could use that almost as the as the slogan uh, for today's podcast. Perhaps adapt your move for what the client needs. Yeah, I love it, Georgie. Thank that's, you. That's great. That's great. Um, now, can I just step back a bit? So, Bowen in Bulgaria is certainly growing there. Obviously, if you've been there a number of years in your teaching, um, you've got an association in Bulgaria? Yeah. Our association is, uh, has been established in 2015, on the 23rd of January 2015. So, we just had our fourth birthday. Ah. Uh, and currently the association involves about uh, 300 members. We're right. going fast. Wow. We, 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 have, uh, um, we have annual uh, campaigns, like at least once per year. We have national campaigns that will last for a month with uh, free bowing sessions for particular disease or particular condition. And we have uh, lots of promotions and presentations that we do all around the country. So, yeah, the association is doing great. That's great. And I remember... But you could read this on both hands. You we can don't, read it, yes. We don't, we don't miss an issue. <laughs> not, not everybody gets it, but that's okay. Um, so, just you talk about you're doing different campaigns in the country. You, it reminds me, you did one on, um, on babies one year, did you not? Yes, in 
in December, I believe, 2015, we had a campaign for baby colic. So all bone practitioners in the country will provide free bone sessions for, for babies for colic with an idea to get a data. And with that data, we created a research that I presented in 2016 in Cairns during the, yeah. the Bowen Conference. Mm -hmm. And the results that we received there were amazing. Like 64% of all the babies uh, had complete recovery and about 23-24% had a very good improvement with just slight uh, uh, remains of anxiety. anxiety yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Not real colic. And we only had like 6% of babies with very poor uh, response or no response at all. And that particular group was of our highest interest because we, we tried to give hypotheses why some babies are not responding. And looking at the data, we, we took several criteria. Uh, we were observing the type of birth. We were observing the type of uh, feeding if the baby's on breastfeeding or artificial milk or maybe a mixed feeding. We also paid attention on the intake of medications. So after observing all the data, we concluded that uh, the, the diet of the mother is very important because almost all of the babies in that group with non-responding babies, almost all of them were, were on a natural breastfeeding. Okay. And almost all were born cesarean. Right. I believe nine out of 12, if I remember correct, were born cesarean. So we gave hypotheses that the diet of the mother, the psycho-emotional status of the mother is very important because you, you cannot expect to have a calm baby if the mother is so nervous and anxious. So uh, do you think it's worthwhile for, the, for the, uh, the mother to either change the diet perhaps or, and or have some bone as well? Yeah, sometimes I, that aren't responding. I ask. Yes, there are many babies that come to my clinic for Bowen sessions. And sometimes I just offered uh, the mother to have a Bowen session as well because it's obvious that she's not in a good uh, emotional state. She's mm -hmm. quite nervous. She's anxious. And in these cases, I prefer to, to treat the mother as well. And of course, if she's breastfeeding, the diet is quite important. Fantastic. So, but also yeah. the cesarean, the type of birth is very important. Unfortunately yeah. for my country, the, the cesarean ratio is quite high. It's about 50%, which is, which is awful. <laughs> but that's how things are. So a cesarean-born baby is prone to colic. What we observed is that cesarean-born babies may need three or four sessions to recover, while some others may need just one or two. Right. Okay, so that's a, the average amount of sessions, of born sessions that we uh, that we have done during this research is 2.5. So two or three sessions will be fine enough for colleagues to resolve. Yeah, for up to the 80, 85% of, uh, of presentations. That's, uh, that's rather remarkable, isn't it? That's fantastic. And, and is, there certainly could be, I suppose, further research come out of that. Uh, you could sort of uh, target a bit more. Well, we will be trying to, to do another baby colic research in, in future because there are some other factors that we didn't take into account before, like the intake of antibiotics uh, and also 
we have been, let's say, um, objected that uh, maybe we're doing like a placebo, although many people think that uh, there is no placebo for babies. But now in this new research, we will try to, to have a controlled group and see, do we or we don't have placebo for babies? Yeah, that's interesting. Although I suppose the control group would almost be those that don't get any treatment, isn't it? Or those yeah. that get, get normal, what, what is what we might what would be termed normal? Well, maybe, maybe some not born type of moves, definitely, just mm. some light touch or something. Some we'll massage. see. Mm. When good. it's ready, I'll let you know. Beautiful. Well, and perhaps uh, yeah, some other countries might take up the, once you develop what, what is required and the, the questions to ask the mothers and that sort of thing, maybe some other countries could be involved and have it make it a much larger study. Yeah, possible. Because the, we, have to, to, we have to put more efforts into this. Never yeah. thought of involving another country, but yeah, we're open for collaboration. Yeah, great. Right. All right. And now you're also very uh, busy traveling the world, George. You're out here recently in, uh, uh, in Melbourne. We were lucky enough to host you in Melbourne for one of your workshops, uh, which I attended. It was, uh, it was really very worthwhile doing. And uh, why, did you feel, why did you feel that uh, this particular workshop was required? What, what was your driver to get that up? Well, I will go back to year 2012 like two years after I started my Boeing journey. And then I said to myself, well, I'm missing something. Because uh, until then, I thought that if I don't get a result, then immediately perhaps I'm missing a Boeing move or procedure that is somewhere in the advanced uh, modules that I haven't done yet. But when I graduated all the modules and learned all the Boeing moves and procedures, I was still missing results. And I said to myself, I'm missing something. And we have, let's say, for instance, a patient comes for back pain, low back pain, and we have so many procedures that will address low back pain. We have the kidney move, we have pelvic, we have coccyx, we have so many others that hamstrings, upper respiratory TMJ, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, what do we do for that particular client today? And we lost. I'm speaking for myself. I was lost. Like, which one of all to choose today? So I'll choose kidney this week. If it doesn't work, I'll choose pelvic next week. If it doesn't work, maybe I'll choose hamstrings, etc. And I was losing time. So it's a bit like pop luck. Said, yeah. It's like shooting in the lottery. <laughs> mm. And I said to myself, well, I have so much other knowledge and uh, my medical background. Why not using it? and incorporate it into my bow and work. And then I started assessing my clients initially by performing functional assessments for me to get an idea what is wrong and where, and then decide which bow and procedure or move to choose for that client. And this was the time when my um, success rate changed completely. Right. Because I was able initially to, to understand where is the area of dysfunction. And then it's easy to choose a proper Boeing move for that area. And this is how I started um, working. And years later, I decided that 
I will form something like an algorithm, a combination of functional assessments that will be put together in a sequence so that uh, at the end of this assessment, the therapist will be uh, able to know where to treat and how to treat. And that's how I formed the Bow and Body Decoding course, which happened to be very well accepted so far. And the feedback is amazing. Yeah, great. No, we had a, a great time. I'm sure all, all the people at the, um, the course that I was at in Melbourne uh, really, really enjoyed the course and got a lot out of it. So they'll be looking forward yeah, that, to that. Uh, that class in Melbourne was amazing. We had, we had so many instructors into the group. We had Ozzy and Elaine there. And if you remember, Ozzy stood up and said nice things about the class and the feedback Ozzy gave was, was amazing as well. So he said to me, this is pretty much how Tom used to work. Great. I mean, and that's the first time I've seen Ozzy and Elaine in a, in a workshop hosted by somebody else too. So it was, uh, it was great to have them there. And that's a great uh, accolade uh, for Ozzy to, uh, to say that about your work and the way that you're approaching your balance. That's fantastic. So more strength to your arm, man. So, um, so with that, that's the, the lower body. Do you have some further plans to doing more sort of uh, perhaps another set of algorithm or just some more work around the upper body? Yes, the, the body decoding class involves mainly assessments for the pelvis because I consider the pelvis as uh, highest hierarchy in the musculoskeletal system. It's so important. It connects the upper body and the lower body and any change in the pelvis will reflect upwards and downwards. This is why the pelvis is highest hierarchy for me. But again, I cannot put all the assessments that I know and, and all my knowledge into today's. So obviously there is a need for body decoding part two, which will involve more assessments. And like you said, the shoulder girdle should be discussed. The, the TMJ should be discussed. So perhaps in the near future, part two will be ready and it will involve more assess assessments to, to supplement part one. That's great. That'll be, uh, we'll, we'll look forward to, uh, to hearing about that when it comes out. So what uh, what's next for uh, what's next for Georgie or for Bowen in Bulgaria? Well, I have many classes running this uh, this next month in February, and uh, also this the association has a general meeting in May. We, we have elections this year, so we have to prepare the the elections. Uh, also, a lot of international teaching as well for for the body decoding class. I'm going to to Dubai next week, South Africa follows in early March, Portugal, Italy, and other European countries later in the year. So there will be a lot of traveling and lots of work for me in the Bowen field. You're going to be a busy man. Well, Georgia, I really appreciated uh, your insights and uh, having a chat with you today on the Bowen Buzz. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for the invitation. You're uh, very welcome. And wish everyone all the best. And stick to Bowen. It's a powerful technique that will bring in incredible results for everyone. Good on you, Georgie. Thanks for the chat. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of the Bowen Buzz podcast. If you'd like to ask a question or even suggest someone we could have on as a guest, please let us know by leaving a comment. If you'd like to leave a review on iTunes, that'd be great, as it help tell the world about the Bow and Buzz podcast 
and spread the word of bone therapy. This has been Chris Reed. Enjoy the buzz. Thank <laughs> you.